Susan Barrow is going to be sharing with us today. Susie is a, um, she's an empty nester. She's got kids. She's got a blended family. She's got a lot going on. She's awesome. So let's, let's listen to what she has to say. Thank you so much. Well, my kids are not here today, but they sort of are. And David, are you going to throw a picture up for us? There's my family, my blend of family. So as uh, Natalie said, we've been here about a year. I think this is close to our anniversary. So happy anniversary, everybody. Um, David and I have five kids together. And they range from the ages of 20 to 30. So we have Jake, John Paul, Grant, Alec is my son-in-law, Maddie, and Henry's on the end. And then we've also added a daughter-in-law since then. So our quiver is full. We will not be downsizing our house. We will be upsizing. (laughs) But yes, we are in the empty nester stage of parenting, which is, um, it's a unique stage. A unique stage, that's for sure. But uh, we're looking forward to two years from now because we get a raise. The last one is finally out of college. Yeah, so you might find us in Florida on the beach. I first want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom, Mary Hawkinson. Um, She's a nurturer. Oh, my goodness, is she a nurturer. And um, she loves to go deep, um, and she forgives easily. I remember every morning we would sit on the stairs, and she would read Little Visits with God. Those were the devotions. Remember that, older moms? I went back and looked at that. It's not so exciting these days. (laughs) But what I love is that my mom loved Jesus first. And by her doing that, it was out of her overflow that then she could you know, fill me up. And um, the only thing that I'm choosing to forgive you today, Mom, is that uh, the first and only movie she ever took me to, I did accept Jesus, but it was out of fear. It was called Thief in the Night. (laughs) Forgive you today, Mom, for that. Yes. But she was um, the example of sacrificial mothering. And she was always giving to others. And even in the toughest of times, toughest of times, I saw her trust Jesus. And whenever I call her and something's going on, she's like, I'm praying. I am praying. And I know she is. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. And then the reason that I'm here in Wheaton is because of my sweet mother in love. And I call her Mama Faye. Her name is actually Martha Faye, but I call her Mama Faye. And um, if you don't know Mama Faye, That woman's prayers can move mountains. Right, Becky? Right, David? And even up here at her 90s, that woman still knows how to pray. So happy Mother's Day, Mama Faye. I love you, and I'm so excited that I get to be here for that. And, you know, Katie, you said, you know, peace doesn't always equal comfort. You know, David and I had peace at doing what God asked us to do last year by moving out here. Was it comfortable at first? No, but we had peace. Okay, so um, I am blessed. I just want to honor them today. I also want to say happy Mother's Day to my children. Um, Thank you for your grace. It is a gift to be your mom. But there's something that's on my heart that I want to address before um, we go into what God's put for me to share with you. I just want to take a moment because Mother's Day isn't always easy for every woman. And so I want us to remember to honor each other's journeys and just be careful with our words today. 
my brother died at age 17, and my brother-in-law, Charlie, died, um, I think he was 30, uh, 1998, but um, so it's been like 30 to 35 years. And, you know, the tears still fall for our moms. And, you know, there's an ache in their heart that's there. And there's no way that a mother that's lost a child, whether through a death or a miscarriage or anything, can ever forget what that feels like, especially when they've carried that baby. So we honor those today. And then there's some moms who have... Um, or some women who have lost their moms. This might even be your first year. And it hurts. It's hard. So we honor you today. And we love you. And if you are grieving, I know sitting here is hard. And for some, it was so hard they couldn't even make it here today. So we honor and we love you too. Or maybe, you know, you had an absent mom or you didn't know your mom. Just know we see that today too. Or maybe you desired to have children, but you found yourself without. Everything in you is aching today. So today, I just want to say as a church family that those that fit any of those categories, that we see you, we feel your pain, we grieve with you, and we acknowledge your hearts. Kimmy, I've been praying all week for you. I love you. Now you know your mom is watching. I'm just going to pray for a second. Father, um, Thank you. Thank you for all the women that fit these categories. Be with them today. Bless them, Father. Fill them up, God. And Lord, help my words be your words today as I just share what you've put on my heart. I say yes, Jesus. Amen. Wow. So um, I'm going to talk to you about have more room to live from the overflow. Kind of a little bit about what Katie was talking about, too. And God had put inside another message. I decided to take that all out about shifting. So I do think that God is using that word shifting too, as Katie mentioned. Um, but I'm going to have a couple of points we'll go over. The first one is have more room for fun so that you can live out of the overflow of joy. In Philippians 4.1, it says, this is in the message. It says, my dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I do want to be the very best for you. You make me feel such joy and you fill me with such pride. Don't waver, stay on track, and be steady with God. So just like Paul was pleading here, I wanted my children to learn how to live out of joy. So I had to teach them how to have fun, which meant they became students of fun, which turned into joy. Um, and, you know, I did this really, really, really well, <laughs> but I was, did it very, very, very unconventionally. So um, at the time, I was a mom of, single mom of three kids. The ages were two, four, and eight, and I remained single until they were 12, 14, and 18. So that was a lot of years and a lot of times where I was spread so thin you know, you have all in sports, and they're supposed to be at three different places at one time. And I just felt like I had this four-mile circus that I would go around. And it was tough. It was really, really tough. So if I did not have tools or things that would help me to learn how to have joy in those circumstances, I wouldn't have made it. And, um, and they may not have made it to the next day alive, to be honest. Um, and, you know, in the book, you referred to it, too. It's called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. 
he talks about being powerless and being powerful, right? Two different things. And, you know, your yes and your no, which Katie touched on. Amazing, amazing stuff. Powerful book for you guys to read. I'm going to reference it a couple times. But I'm going to give you some examples of some of the tools that I use. The first one was three strikes you're out. So how many of you have gotten the call that your kids have left their lunch at home, their homework at home, something, their sports, something that they needed? And it's about the most frustrating call that you could get, right? So I had to learn how to kind of reset my mind on how can I make this where I'm not frustrated, then I frustrate them, I got to figure something out. So somehow God downloaded to me three strikes you're out rule. So I started and I would keep a little tally. I didn't even have to write it down. I was just, it would excite me. I'd get the first phone call. It's like, yes, okay. <laughs> get the second phone call. Because they know on the third time, I'm showing up at school in a costume. And mind you, a lot of this was in during high school. And I tell you not. People would see me driving and they'd post on my Facebook, uh-oh, who forgot their homework this time? <laughs> no joke. My middle son, John Paul, sorry, John Paul, um, he was probably the worst. And so I had the most fun with him, too, about it. And, and I would wait and position it at a time where I knew he's in class with all the football players. <laughs> but what that did was it helped them to remember. It helped me to divert my frustration and it helped me stay kind and sane, truly. <laughs> I can even remember one time, um, I think I was in the cat and hat costume that time. <laughs> I have a lot of costumes, trust me. I could fill a whole moving truck. <laughs> Ask Becky, I've shown up at her house in them, the turkey. <laughs> and I've tried to get her into it. She's, she, she won't do it with me, but that's okay. So they would text my boys and go, I just saw your mom, warning, warning, mom's on campus, she's in a cat suit. <laughs> she's a cat today. And my daughter would always fall for it. I'd call her, and, and she was at college, and it was only about 20 minutes from us. I'm like, oh, I got this form in the mail, I gotta have you sign. She's like, okay, and she'd be halfway, you know, I'll meet you at the lunchroom and I'll buy you lunch. She's like, can't we go out? No, 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 I don't have time to go out, we just gotta meet you there. She fell for it every single time. <laughs> Anyway, so that's just one idea. See how it can shift your mindset and you can have some fun. Um, another thing that I did the first year, <laughs> Becky's still laughing out of horror. <laughs> um, so uh, after my divorce, the first year, my daughter was not with me for her birthday and I was heartbroken because, man, I am the mom that knows how to celebrate and throw a party. And the Lord, again, gave me something and a way that I could celebrate and still be part of it and have fun. And he said... Go get a bunch of boxes, make them as tall as her, get her nine presents, wrap them up, and deliver it to the door. Well, that became such a fun thing to do that we've done it. We did it up till they were 18. Then it stopped. But it's a fun way to honor them. And every year, it grew as they grew, okay? So my one son, the last one that got it, he was almost seven feet tall, and it was towering. So I actually, and it was during COVID, I um, took it outside and tied it up to our outdoor area because so, it was, it would have fallen over. But they don't have to be things that you buy. That's the cool thing. So when they turned 18, I would put in 
18 favorite scriptures, 18 words of advice, 18 reasons I loved them. Um, I would write the story of the day they were born. That's another thing I would do too, is I would rock them and tell them every day time on their birthday, even when <laughs> my son, he would still do it. And he's 22 now. He'll still sit on my lap and want me to tell him the story. <laughs> yeah, which is sweet. But it's just a way to honor them and to have fun, right? And again, it could be even, you know, a pack of lifesavers they were thrilled with. Um, some other things that we did, does anyone remember when the Twinkies went out and there was going to be no more Twinkies? We didn't even eat Twinkies, but at 9.30 one night, we decided we're going to go on a Twinkie run. And I had no idea how long or how far we were going to drive, but we're going to go find Twinkies. Uh, another thing we would do is stormy night junk food. If it was raining really, really, really hard like it did here last week, we would get in the car, everybody picks one junk food, and we just sit at the table and eat junk food and share it. Sometimes it's in the hardest of times, right, and the most difficult that we have to figure out how to shift. Well, I have a lot more um, things that we could do, but for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to the next one. Um, but I will share. We did write a family mission statement, and that was really neat to do. And um, we wrote that we are givers, not takers. We bless, not curse. In our home, grace abounds and love covers. And we also had a hula hoop room because I had no furniture in that room, so we bought hula hoops, and they would hula hoop. In uh, Philippians 4.4, in the mirror, it says, Joy is not a luxury option. Joy is your constant. Your union in the Lord is your permanent source of delight. So I might as well say it again, rejoice in the Lord always. And um, in the Passion Version, it says, Be cheerful and joyous. Uh, with joyous celebration in every season of life, and let your joy overflow. And in the message, it just says, celebrate God all day, every day. So simple, right? I can just imagine, last night I was thinking, man, Paul and I in heaven, Paul the Bible, we're going to have a lot of fun. I can just tell. Okay, so second thing, and, and Katie kind of um, pointed out this also, have more room to fill your bucket first so that you can live out of the overflow of grace, right? It's like we get on an airplane, they say, parents, put your mask on first, right? Okay. Um, so Luke 6.45 paraphrase says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, or out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. I truly believe that what you sow, you will reap, and, what, and vice versa. Um, so if you sow out of an empty bucket or an empty heart, that's what you're going to reap, right? But a mom of overflow plans ahead. And if you fail to plan, um, if you plan to fail, you fail to plan. But she makes room to fill her bucket so that she can respond with grace. You know, our children are little bucket dippers. And if you can imagine, you know, these two little buckets, they're not always filling our buckets. I remember waiting till they went to sleep at night, and I would just stare at them. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But that would help fill my bucket a little bit until that 3 a.m. call, you know, where they vomited all over or they've blown out their pants and, you know, there your sleep is gone. But you need to get that bucket filled up so that you have something to go and give back out. Um, it, it's, it's important. And, you know, when it gets overwhelming, 
Um, Katie, you talked about going to peers. You know what? I don't think you have to go to just peers. There are enough women. It says in the Bible, the older shall help the younger. We want to learn from you too. We are here for you guys. I see all of them shaking their heads around here. So, um, you know, know that it's not just your peers. Go to somebody who's been through this that can encourage you in that season that they've, that you'll make it through and stand with you. Um, and don't think that others can read your mind. That's the other thing. Um, Philippians 4, 5 says, the kind of joy, this kind of joy empowers you to show perfect courtesy to all people. When you fill your bucket first, it empowers you with joy. It helps you live out of the overflow of grace to everyone around you. This next one's a tough one. It was the hardest for me. Have more room to let your children fail while they're still under your covering. Because that's living in overflow of trust with Jesus. Um, This was really hard for me. Uh, I would lay in bed at night, and I would pray, he who began a good work in you will finish it. I'd say it over and over, trying to calm my anxious nerves. And then sometimes, just to make sure that God really had my kids, I'd get in the car, wanted to make sure they were where they said they were going to be. I'm probably on more cameras, (laughs) security cameras, than anybody will ever know. (sighs) What happened was, I was trying to control what they did before they did it. It caused me anxiety, and it caused them to feel like I didn't trust them. Um, but I was doing it out of fear because I didn't want to lose them because they made a bad choice. Um, so this is what you do. You've, you've got to give them choices. You've got to give them boundaries ahead of time where they know the consequences of what's going to happen. And, you know, an example would be before our kids could um, get a car, drive the car, we had a car contract. And in that, it addressed if you speed and get a ticket, if you have an accident, if you drink and drive, if you take drugs and drive. It was laid out. It made it so easy to parent if there was an error or a mistake because they knew ahead of time. And it wasn't all of us trying to figure that out as we went. And, um, and I think what that did is it helps um, trust that they'll make good choices. And if by chance they don't, it's an opportunity to help them grow. And last week, we were down um, in kind of the Destin Santa Rosa Beach area, and we had just finished dinner, and we had watched this mom tell her kids, stay right here. I'm going to go see your father. Stay right here. So, of course, we're all waiting to see what do they do. Do they stay or do they go? You know, they kind of got right up to the edge. And uh, when the mom came back, the kids stayed where they were supposed to be. Our friend Doug said, wow, you must have put the fear of God in them. (laughs) And she said, oh, no, that's not what we do. We actually do just the opposite. And then she just smiled and she walked away. And I thought, wow, what we got to see was an example that wasn't about fear, but it was the opposite of fear. It was loving her children so much that she trusted them that they were going to make the right choice. And again, that Danny Silk's book talks about that, making choices out of powerless or powerful. Um, I have just a couple more minutes. You know, Hannah prayed out of 1 Samuel 1, 26 through 28. She said, I prayed for this child, and God gave me what I asked for, and now I have dedicated him to God. He's dedicated to God for life. So even as I didn't even think about this, we're dedicating babies today. 
We did that. I dedicated my babies to God. I prayed for those babies. I had infertility. And so once it's done, I don't have to keep praying for it. God's got them. And this is what we need to remember is whose they were first, right? And who we dedicated them to. So Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, don't be pulled in different directions or be worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout every day, offering your faith filled. Did you hear that? Faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life, and then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart through Christ Jesus. My son used to say, Mom, how did you know? How did you know that was going to happen? I said, because you have a praying mama, son. (laughs) Um, Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says, summing it up, friends, I say to you, do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reparable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to be praised and not cursed. Put into practice what you have learned from me, what you have heard and saw and realized. Do that and God will make everything work together for you in his most excellent harmonies. So just to close... Let's just revisit these points quickly. When we live out of more room for fun, it brings the overflow of joy. When we live out of our buckets being full first, it brings the overflow of grace. When we live out of trusting Jesus with everything, it brings peace. And when we live with more room to be a gift to others, it's living in the overflow of your cup runneth over, as Luke. 338 says. So, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as He guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.